Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column where every week your hosts will answer a letter from listeners just like you, answering the big life questions facing today's women. Make sure to stick around for our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower. I am your host, Kelia Clarkson. I am an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I am a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and adjunct theology professor. I want to thank each and every listener who's tuning in today, wherever you might find yourself. We're so glad you decided to join us. We'll be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments, but first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the podcast called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our biggest challenges and frustrations that week, and finishing off with a blessing or positive or hopeful experience that we had. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? So a thorn for me this week, um, it wasn't particularly huge, but it's more about like the anticipation, if you know what I mean? Like the, um, so what it was is I I cut my husband's hair today and I I knew like, it was like time to get his hair and okay. So like, you know, we all, not all of us, but a lot of us probably tried this during COVID. It was like, Hey, Mm -hmm. you know, who's cutting whose hair and that kind of thing. So I think I cut his hair maybe twice during COVID and it was like, it, it turned out fine, but it was agonizing for me because I didn't want to do a bad job and I wanted, you know, it to turn out well, et cetera. So I would pause and just like, oh, you know, like be in agony. I'm like, okay, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Um, but today it went, it went really well. So I just was thankful. I think I'm getting a little bit better each time. I think I probably only cut it a total of four times um, at all, but mm-hmm. I think we're, we're leaning toward like, oh, if I could kind of get more confidence in this, then maybe it'll become a regular thing. So it was more the anticipation that felt like, oh, I've got to do this. Okay. But it'll, it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was a little thorny, but it turned out well, thankfully. And, uh, to move over to my rose then, um, I feel like I had a really productive day yesterday and that was just really encouraging. I was energized and focused and I felt like I was really able to lean into some of the tough, uh, research questions that I've kind of been sidelining in terms of my dissertation work. And so just picking those back up and being able to think about them was like, oh, this is, this is great. Like I actually feel like I can do this thing. Um, so sometimes my work in writing and revising, um, can feel like a huge, huge just slog, but, um, it was really encouraging to have a day that was quite the opposite. Um, it was a bright patch helping me to believe that I could do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. Those productive days are honestly what keeps any of us going. Mm -hmm. And side note, I feel like it's, um, almost like a, a, oh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like a, like something that every wife needs to at one point. Oh, a rite of passage. That's it. A rite (laughs) of passage. Um, cut, cutting her husband's hair. My, my husband lets me cut his hair, which is actually really fun for me. Um, I love it. (laughs) 
So everyone should go cut their husband's yeah, hair. It's, it's an accomplishment. I mean, as <laughs> yeah. agonizing as it can be, there are great YouTube videos to help you out. I just feel like there are certain aspects of it. I'm like, I still don't quite understand what I'm supposed to do here, but I'm going to yeah. figure it out. And it's, yeah, it's really empowering. It really, really is. But I'll probably never cut my own hair. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm that type. I definitely wanted to in COVID. I wanted to cut like bangs <laughs> like everyone else was, but, um, but Nathan helped me not fall into that trap, which I'm, <laughs> I'm really glad I didn't. I don't think bangs are for me. I think they look so cute on like everybody else, but not me. <laughs> um, my thorn this week came in the form of a false positive COVID test. So um, my husband and I will often book small roles in movies or on TV shows as a couple. Um, You would be surprised how often uh, productions are looking for real couples to work together. Hmm. And so earlier this week, we were contacted by a casting director asking if we were available to work together on a new Netflix show. And of course, we jumped at the chance. And it all happened really quickly. And we hear back that, you know, the director likes I look, he wants to use this for this fun scene where we're supposed to be like all in love. And um, the main character of the show sees us and feels bad about, you know, their lack of love in life, I guess. <laughs> that, that's you, you have to like fill in the, the pieces of, of information <laughs> that you get, but I'm assuming that's <laughs> what we were going to be doing. And um, so we were pretty excited and we are required to get a negative COVID test before we work. So uh, we go and take our test and mind you, I've taken hundreds of tests by this point for my job. And of course I get my first positive, never gotten a positive before. So I am shocked because I don't have any symptoms. Um, I had gotten a negative test the day before my -hmm. husband's test was negative. And so I thought that there's no way that this was correct because I have met people that have also gotten these false positives. And um, unfortunately, the studio is pretty strict. (laughs) So as soon as there's a positive, you're not allowed to work. So just for my own peace of mind, I did go to get another test the next day and it was negative. So I was correct. I did not have it. But anyway, um, it cost us, unfortunately, a really fun opportunity and a job. And it was just such a blow Mm. for us. Um, But as for my rose this week, it's officially Christmas time in New York. And this week we were able to do all the fun Christmassy things. And um, we went to see the tree at the Rockefeller Center, which I've actually never done before. <laughs> we tried to last year, but there was still scaffolding all around it. They hadn't done anything to it, just like plopped it down. It wasn't decorated yet. So it was a little bit of a letdown last year. So I was happy to finally get to see the tree. And um, we got these amazing hot chocolates and a fun little cart and walked around and, you know, just like walked into all the expensive shops on Fifth Avenue just for fun and um, hot chocolates at the Plaza Hotel and, you know, stopped by St. Patrick's Cathedral. And for me, that just never gets old. I feel like every time I've been there, there's something new and breathtaking that I didn't see the time before. Mm. So that was my rose this week. Um, all right. A couple things before we move on to our letter for this week. If you have been enjoying this podcast, please consider us leaving a review. It really helps boost the podcast and get it in front of other people who might get something from it and might enjoy it. And also we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to dear wallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. Okay. So let's move on to our letter for today. 
It covers the subject of struggling with loneliness during the holidays and feeling like the happiest time of year is not so happy after all. Dear Wallflower, I am a woman in my mid-twenties living in Chicago. I know that with the holidays, this time of year is supposed to be the happiest, but for me, it's not. If I'm honest, the holidays always remind me of how lonely I am. I'm not really in contact with my family. After my parents' divorce, we all kind of fell out of touch and got more comfortable just living our lives separately. I'm not in a relationship, and I don't really have a friend group, so I mostly dread this time of year. Typically, I'm alone on Christmas, although my brother will FaceTime me for a little while, and my parents each call me separately. But like I said, none of us are close, and we don't talk for long. A couple of times, my past roommates have invited me to their family's celebration, but this year, I'm living on my own, and I'm feeling a lot more alone than I normally do. I really want to figure out how to enjoy this time of year, since I see everyone else doing that. But I often wonder if the only way I can is by having relationships that I don't have. How can I make this season less depressing for me and possibly even enjoy it despite being on my own? How can I feel less alone? Sincerely, Lonely for Christmas. Jessica, what are your thoughts for Lonely for Christmas? Well, it's never easy to admit that we're lonely. So I want to thank our friend for being vulnerable in this way, especially in a time where feeling lonely can reach some of its most intense valleys. It can be all too easy to feel invisible when you feel like you're the only one in your sphere who is on your own. Know that you are worthy of love and attention. If you choose to act on any of our advice here, I pray that you would do so knowing that you are worthy of belonging. And even if you don't feel seen, you are seen. So first, I want to address the part of your letter concerning not being alone this Christmas season. And then after that, I will suggest some ways to make Christmas feel special for you for whatever portions of that time that you do end up spending on your own. Regardless of whether you spend Christmas Eve or Christmas Day alone, I encourage you to find ways to embrace community in the latter weeks of December. First, Consider with whom you might spend some time this Christmas season. What communities are you already a part of? Um, This could be your work community or maybe your church community if you're part of one. Maybe you're involved in a book club or an intramural sport or go to a particular gym regularly. Who are the people that you see on a regular basis? Which of these groups of people might be open to spending some time with you this Christmas season, even um, including you in their celebrations? Sometimes we have built-in festivities like work parties or church Advent celebrations and the like. I know firsthand that a strange irony of loneliness is that as much as we may have a desire to be in the company with others, the lonelier we get, the less motivated we can often be to actually engage in community. Rather than giving into that vicious circle, I encourage you to embrace these opportunities to bond and celebrate with others in your community. Take a step toward others this season rather than taking one away from them. Most importantly, as far as not being alone goes, you'll need to communicate your need if it's going to be filled. While I do believe that God can and does surprise us by meeting our needs through people without us asking, I also think that he invites us into relationships of vulnerability. 
He desires our growth and maturity. Stepping out in such situations certainly challenges us to grow and mature. If you feel courageous enough to admit to a trusted friend or acquaintance even in your sphere that you that you're likely to be alone this Christmas, I would bet that many people would be willing to invite you to their celebration. Too often, I think people just tend to assume that others have already made Christmas plans. Additionally, it can feel awkward to make the assumption on another person's part um, part that someone might be spending Christmas alone. So even if people may wonder if you'll be alone, they might not ask you just for fear of giving offense. So the key to potentially awkward and deeply vulnerable circumstances as this is to face them head on. We need to embrace them if we're going to address them. So Lonely for Christmas and listeners in a similar boat, take the step of courage to share with others that you don't have Christmas plans. And if you're on the side of having plans, but know some others that might not, take that vulnerable step of asking if they'd like to join you. Now, you may be wondering, but how do I share that need without sounding desperate or engendering pity? There are ways to broach the topic without leading with the point that you intend to express. For instance, when talking with a coworker you get along well with, or maybe with a family at church that you admire, you might ask them, what are your plans for Christmas? This is a perfectly normal and easy question for anyone to ask during this time of year. This gives them a chance to answer first and then to ask you the same question in turn. If they do ask you, respond honestly and humbly, but not dramatically. Perhaps something like, well, I'm not really sure. My family is not around here and I don't plan to travel. I guess I don't have any plans yet. This sort of a response communicates an openness to being included without the pressure of a direct question that could feel like inviting oneself into their plans. If you have a few conversations like this, I feel hopeful that someone will extend you an invitation to include you. Now, if you find yourself alone for Christmas, or even if you get to spend part of the time with another family or group of friends for whatever parts of the season that you are on your own, here are a few tips that I would offer. First, find ways to make the season special for yourself. I would say decorate. Even if you don't have the space or money for a tree, find ways to bring some bits of evergreen or string um, string lights or advent candles into your home to mark the season as distinct from the rest. Also play music that gets you in the mood or lifts, uh, lifts your spirit. Whether it's a favorite album from your childhood or an advent playlist from Spotify, having music that helps to focus on the real meaning of Christmas is a great way to um, focus both of our hearts and our minds. As a foodie, I say plan a special meal or multiple meals that you can cook or bake for yourself. Um, one of the gifts of being by yourself is that you don't have to please anyone else. So what do you want to eat this Christmas? <laughs> um, also have some candles handy as this amps up the coziness factor big time. Um, second, I would say plan video or phone calls with a couple of people that you do feel close to. You mentioned not feeling particularly close to your family. With whom in your life do you feel close? Even if you can't connect the day of Christmas, consider scheduling time to connect with those that you love in this general season. As busy as some of us can be during this time, there's also a lot of downtime. At least I find that that to be the case. So don't assume that others are too busy for you. 
And even if it does end up being a bit difficult to schedule something, at minimum, you are at least communicating to others that you value them and that you want to connect. Third, I'll say be honest with yourself about how you feel and dwell in it enough to appreciate it, but don't linger there. I think of Pixar's movie Inside Out, particularly of um, the part where sadness is interacting with Bing Bong when they grieve together about what Bing Bong misses from his time with Riley. What this illustrates is that there can be a significant level of contentment and ease that comes through making peace with how we feel. Rather than fighting the loneliness, embrace it for what it is, but also don't wallow in it. Instead of lingering in a place of self-pity, acknowledge how much it hurts and then be kind to yourself by making the day special, even if just for you. Finally, while I don't advocate an unhealthy sort of escapism, there are um, some ways of finding company or fellowship in human artifacts like books. And while a movie here and there can be fun too, books have a way of grounding us. Um, I think that movies just simply don't have the same way of doing I think of reading a book like sitting down with the author or with the characters if it's a novel. And what a rate, a lovely range of company that there is to be had in books. I'll recommend just a few here. Um, I think if you're more into nonfiction or feel like you want to dive into nonfiction, I'd recommend anything by C.S. Lewis. He's a deep thinker and feeler, and I think he can be both profound and laughably witty. Um, as far as go-to novels, I would recommend anything by Jane Austen or George Eliot. And specifically, if you can find it, I recommend the book Pilgrim's Inn by Elizabeth Googe. This would be a particularly lovely, heartwarming Christmas read. In fact, I think that might be the top recommend recommendation that I would give if you find yourself spending Christmas alone. Pilgrim's Inn. So Lonely for Christmas it's my hope and prayer that you will be able to appreciate and move through your loneliness this season and find me meaningful time in the company of others. Again, as important as it is to recognize how you feel, don't let that be the driving force or the focus this time. Seek to schedule some time with others, be vulnerable and real, and at the end of the day, embrace how you can live into the beauty of the season, whether you're with others or whether you're on your own. That's such wonderful advice. And now I need to pick up Pilgrim's Inn. <laughs> yes. I mean, it sounds so lovely. These are our bonus suggestions exactly. this week, I guess. <laughs> um, <clears throat> let me first tell Lonely for Christmas that while they may feel completely alone, they are not alone in this struggle. Studies have found that 38% of people feel their stress levels rise during the holidays 64% of people with mental illness feel their struggles worsen and rates of depression and substance abuse have been shown to increase. The holidays can be difficult for a myriad of reasons and feeling lonely or depressed is a very real reason. I bring up all of these stats to tell our writer as well as any listeners who've found themselves feeling more anxious or sad that these feelings are pretty normal. While I know this doesn't fix any of your problems, it can be helpful to know that you are not alone in this struggle. However, I think it's also important to acknowledge that a writer's predicament is painful nonetheless. Loneliness doesn't just affect our mental health. It affects our physical health too. Mm -hmm. 
It can contribute to heart disease. It can weaken our immune system. It even causes higher blood pressure. This is because humans are hardwired for relationship and connection. We cannot survive without each other, even the most independent of us. So I'm glad that Lonely for Christmas is choosing to pay attention to the pain that loneliness is bringing rather than ignoring it. This is the first idea I have for a writer. You mentioned that you aren't close with your family, but it seems like you are on occasional talking terms, enough to warrant calls on major holidays. I encourage you to engage with them more regularly this season, meaning that throughout the season, rather than just on Christmas Day, even if it feels awkward at first, families can be difficult to navigate and they can really annoy us and hurt us. But I think if relationship is possible and healthy, we should pursue it. This might even look like inviting a family member or a few of them to visit you at some point this month, or possibly for you to take the trip. You might be surprised at how willing they are to engage in deeper relationship with you if you simply initiate it. But let's move on from family talk, because maybe for our writer, the ideas I just mentioned don't feel possible. There is still hope for community and joy in the season for you. And while it may feel like it's simply too late in the season, I encourage you to seek out community however it presents itself. Join local Facebook groups, attend an event that your place of worship is putting on, go to a holiday party for a group that you used to attend, or even consider reconnecting with an old friend that you've lost touch with. I know it can feel like you are the only person with the struggle of loneliness, but everyone could use an unexpected, hello, how are you? I promise. Mm -hmm. Another idea, simply to temporarily ease the feelings of loneliness, is to go to a busy place, like a bustling cafe, even if you're on your own. Bring a book and get a flat white and just be around other people. I say this as someone who, before I was married and when I was living alone, I found it far too easy to spend days inside without seeing another soul barely talking to anyone. And this eventually left me feeling entirely alone in the world. And I've always struggled to make close friends. And so this wasn't something that was easily remedied for me. But at the time, one way I found to ease the deep and very, very real pain that can come with being lonely was to go to cafes and simply be in the presence of other people. Another thought I have for Lonely for Christmas is to find volunteer opportunities. This is a time of year when those who are less fortunate are really feeling it. They're feeling their lack of access to regular meals or their job loss or their unhealthy, unsustainable living situation. It can help in the midst of our own suffering to focus our energy on others who are suffering and to give our time to easing their hardships. This can look like volunteering for a toy drive or at a soup kitchen, a donation center, or at an elder care center. Maybe you know how to play the piano and you could play it for those living at a nursing home, or you can go caroling there, or you could collect toy and clothing donations that will go to less fortunate families. So they have something to put under the tree for their children. You can give a hot meal to someone who really needs one. I know this doesn't solve your own problems, but I think it can help 
to feel as though we're doing something good and meaningful in the world, even if our problems are still all there when we go home that night. And lastly, I second Jessica's suggestion to make it special for yourself. Even if you end up all alone on Christmas, decorate your home, bake some holiday themed cookies, and maybe take some to your neighbors. Mm. Watch all of the Christmas movies and just sink into the joy of the season. Even if you're doing it all on your own, it's worth it. You're worth it. I want to wrap this up by saying that none of this is an overnight fix. You will still struggle with loneliness this season, this year, but I encourage you to begin addressing this loneliness now, even if this particular Christmas is still really challenging for you. By choosing to work on this now, you could find yourself in a very different place next Christmas. All right. It is time for the May We Suggest segment of the podcast, where we suggest to you the things that we've been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that just made us really happy. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of the episode for you to check out. So, Jessica, what is your suggestion this week? I'm going to suggest a recipe that I like to call Sunday Supper Stuffing. Um, This is a recipe that I have up on my blog. I made it for Thanksgiving this year, which was a first for me, but I also like to make it like the name suggests on a Sunday for dinner. And it's such a big um, recipe that for my husband and I, it feeds us for days. It's fabulous because it's delicious to have for dinner and then you get to have it for lunch. And then, you know, even a quick dinner if midweek, if you need, you know, something quick, it's it's there ready for you. So um, you might even consider it making it for a special meal around Christmas time or as your co- contribution to a Christmas gathering. Also, I will just note quickly about the recipe. Um, since this is the time of year where we tend to eat a lot of heavy foods, I can happily say that this recipe features a lot of lovely vegetables and uses cashew cream instead of heavy cream. So it, while it tastes very decadent and luscious, it doesn't leave you feeling um, like you're just continuing to add to that heaviness. <laughs> that's great I I do feel like um my carb intake really goes up around this time of year (laughs) so it's great that there are lots of lovely vegetables mixed in Mm. saving a little bit on using cashew cream instead of real cream that's that's pretty smart um this week I am recommending the Dear Evan Hansen soundtrack It's a musical that was made into a movie and oddly the movie did not get good reviews but honestly I really really loved it It's a story about a high school boy that struggles with anxiety and depression and loneliness, and he tells a lie that gives him everything he's ever wanted, community, recognition, love, and eventually we see him learn how to accept and love himself without having to lie. But Mm -hmm. anyway, there is this song in the musical that I think perfectly speaks to this week's letter called You Will Be Found. And it comes in a particularly emotional moment that honestly, when I saw the musical live, I was lucky enough to go see it on Broadway before it um, before it closed. It made me tear up this moment. And throughout the song, the phrase, you are not alone is sung over and over again. And it's just one of the most beautiful, uplifting songs I think I've ever heard. And I think every person who's ever felt lonely or misunderstood, which is everybody alive, I am assuming, should go listen to it. 
So I encourage everyone to listen to the soundtrack or watch the movie of Dear Evan Hansen this week. All right, to wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners get in contact with you and figure out what you're up to? Yes, listeners can find me on my food and lifestyle blog, thisrealjourney.com, and then on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles coming out every week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll be back after Christmas. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.